Welcome back, everyone, to Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. I'm Andrew. And we are just a few days from the first Viking home playoff game in five years. How are we feeling? Are we feeling excited? Very excited. Yes, 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 yes. But they're hating. Everyone's hating. Yeah, I've seen a lot of like Giants. Giants over Vikings, like it's an easy upset or something. I'm seeing the same thing. Um, I feel like analysts are wanting to pick certain upset picks, and they just, I mean, the narrative has, hey, I'll, I'll give the analysts uh, one thing they're consistent. We have been considered frauds all season long. And it's going to continue into the postseason, and it will continue when we're playing the Cincinnati Bengals or Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl. So, um, time to just embrace it for what it is. But yeah, I, I saw that too. A lot of um, Giants are favorites. Apparently, Giants are a better coached team as well, is what I'm seeing um, that people say. So, I don't know how. 13 wins versus nine wins makes them a better coach team. Um, I do think they're a good team. Obviously they're way better than what they were last year. So are we. Um, The Giants also have played a lot of close games and come out on top. Mm -hmm. Um, Exactly. So they're, they're a very, very similar team. And I guess because they, I don't even know the reasoning behind because we are very, we have the Vikings have a stronger offense. Giants have a better defense. Um, the Giants have one game where they won this season. <clears throat> Say that again. The Giants have one win this season. That is not one score. Um, it was when they beat the trash can Colts. <laughs> they started Nick Foles and, and Ellinger by, they beat them by 28. Otherwise they have a, Let's see. Yeah, they, they have a one-point win, a three-point win, an eight-point win, a five-point win, a four-point win, a six-point win, an eight-point win, a tie, an eight-point win, and a three-point losses. They play close games, or they seem to get blown out. So it's no different than us. I honestly think like a big reason people are like picking the Giants is just because it was such a close game last time, and they're like, oh, it's just gonna like the Giants are just gonna win this time because it was so close last time like they just don't think i don't know yeah yeah i i mean that's probably a a fair assessment um and i mean i will say there's no doubt getting destroyed three separate times this season um has, has is not in our favor um but yeah i was looking also they got destroyed by the Eagles, the Giants. Um, and then, I mean, they lost both games to the Cowboys. They lost They lost by two scores to the Seahawks, which, <clears throat> I mean, I think next to the Dolphins, um, like the Seahawks are not favored at all to upset San Francisco. Yeah, they lost by 13 points to the Lions. At home. At home. 
Yeah. And in that game, that one point in that game, they were down by like 25. So. Yeah. I mean, again, uh, the idea where it's just, it's everything. Everyone's saying the idea is they're just going to roll over us. It's, it's an easy upset. They'll win <laughs> pretty handily. It's like, I just, I, I, I can't, what shows, what, what is it about the giants that is so impressive? I, yeah, and that's that's an excellent no, that's an excellent um, point. Because is it more that they think the Giants are a better team, or is it more just that they don't think we're as good as our record shows? Yeah, you do like, always hear they'll be like, "I'm gonna go with the Giants because the Vikings aren't as good as their record shows." That's what everyone says when okay. when they when they when they pick the Giants. So, which I mean, again, there's been a few game. There's been you know three games where we just essentially have not shown up and multiple quarters where we just look confused and perplexed. So I get the takes in that sense. Um, You're a 13-win team that has not shown their best yet. Agreed. Agreed. And I think that's something that that just gets ignored a lot of the time. Like, um, yeah. It. I mean, whatever. Again, I believe in this team. I think, you know, obviously fans, I think, believe in this team. Um, the Vikings, even when they're good, are rarely ever tight, like ever favorites in the postseason. Um, I think, you know, when we beat New Orleans on the road, we weren't favorited, which we shouldn't have been. We're a road team. They, they I think, uh, obviously were a division um, winner three, year, three years ago, but whatever. Who cares? We'll, we'll find out on Sunday sort of what performance we'll see, which my guess would be a really good first quarter, terrible in the third, and put up a bunch of points in the fourth. But who knows? Um, let's talk a little bit about the other playoff games. So it starts, first playoff game is San Fran hosting the Seahawks. What do you guys think will be the outcome of that game? Or what, what type of game are you expecting? Um. Honestly, I I see a, a Seahawks upset. I really do. Um, there's something about it. it's really, really tough to beat a team three times in one year. Uh, it's a divisional game. Everyone's riding it off as if San Francisco is just going to roll over them. It's still a third string. He was the 200. He was the last pick in the draft last year. The guy who's starting for the San Francisco 49ers. So it's not like he's not going to have a game. He hasn't had a game yet this year where he's just been horrible. I'm not saying it's bound to happen, but there's a good chance it will. So, no, I think actually, I think the Seahawks are going to win that game. Okay. I also have Seattle over the wow. 49ers. I do think, like, the 49ers are really good, and I would not be surprised at all, obviously, if they won. But I agree with Hayes. Like, it is tough to beat a team three times. I mean, they are still divisional opponents. Like, I could see San Fran kind of just milking this week, thinking it's going to be an easy win, and then coming out kind of flat and Seattle actually, like, look like a good team. Um, and Pete Carroll's, like, 67% win percentage against San Fran in okay. his career. So, we'll see. I mean, obviously, the 49ers are really good, but I'm taking Seattle. Yeah. I uh, – you guys said kind of both about how difficult it is to beat a team three times in a season. That was the point I was going to bring up as well. Um, I still can't put, 
I can't go against San Fran just because they've won 10 straight um, in Seattle, you know, just barely sneaked into the playoffs. I mean, they needed help in order to make it. So <clears throat> I have similar in the sense of, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I think it's going to come down to like a Robbie gold field goal late in the game to kind of like either seal the deal or put San Fran up for good. Um, and yeah, I think people are going to be kind of surprised by the fight Seattle puts in, but I do think, unfortunately, I'll be rooting for the Seahawks because that helps our odds, uh, to host another home game, but I do think San Fran probably will, um, win that game would be my guess. Um, and then the other one on Saturday is Jags Chargers. Jags Chargers. First overall pick, fifth overall pick, I think. Right? Or was it was Justin Herbert a year before Trevor Lawrence? Year before. Year before. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Both both start in their first first playoff games. Uh, but I don't know. The Jags have been rolling. I don't really trust the Chargers, to be honest with you. They got absolutely destroyed when they played the Jaguars at the beginning of the year and the Jaguars were horrible in like early October when that game took place. They've won like five or six in a row now. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Jaguars. They did not look good last week at all against a horrible team, but yeah, I think, I think at home barely beat. Oh no, they beat just, Tennessee. The they Thursday. just barely beat a horrible banged up Tennessee team. They should have lost to be honest, but no, I'm going to go with the Jags. I, I think Trevor Lawrence is better than, than Justin Herbert. And I think, that defense is really, really good. Ooh, I would not say really, really good. But I am also taking the Jaguars over the Chargers because the Chargers stink. Um, I think their defense sucks. I think Herbert's good. Um, Keenan Allen's good. Austin Eckler's eh. But Trevor Lawrence is going to light up the Chargers, so that's why I have Jags over Chargers. All right, looks like you two are in agreement in the first in the Saturday games. I am by myself. I have uh, the Chargers technically upsetting the Jags. I think Lawrence, even though he's had a, a significant, significant, oh my gosh, I can't speak. Significant. <laughs> Better season than his rookie year. Um, I think Herbert's just going to outplay t- uh, uh, Lawrence and Trevor's going to have a couple turnovers um just trying to do too much trying to 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 impress you know the home home field home crowd um and i do again even though jacksonville has had like a nice little surgeons at the end of this year hayes's point about how they just barely beat a, a falling apart tennessee team um i think the chargers are just i think herbert at this point just the extra year of experience helps um they were so close to obviously making the playoffs last year. I don't think they want to have the mindset of being a one and done team. Um, so I just think not necessarily that the Chargers will play much better, but just Lawrence is going to have kind of an, an off, um, not good game at home. So I have the Chargers beating uh, Jacksonville, despite obviously yeah, Jacksonville destroying them early in the season. Um, but then I think the Chiefs or the Chargers will get absolutely destroyed by the Chiefs next week. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> the Chiefs will roll past anyone. Yes. They're, they're, they will they will be the they will win the AFC. Yep. 
Um, Sunday's noon game, the slot we wanted, um, but we got the next best Sunday at three thirty. Uh, Dolphins Bills. So I believe Skylar Thompson will be Miami's starting quarterback. The Buffalo Bills will have uh, Demar Hamlin in either on the field or in the at the stadium, I believe. So. Um, Bills will absolutely destroy the (laughs) Dolphins. It will be be a massacre. Um, Don't even turn it on. There's no point in watching it. It's going to be a horrible game. What if, though? What if Miami upsetted Buffalo? Zero chance. That would be insane. I think it's like a 14-point spread right now. Okay. (laughs) Like, they're favored by two touchdowns in a playoff game. Even if Tua was playing, they would still, like... Eh, no... I think yes. it'd be a closer game. I think I could pick. My, I think I could pick Miami with an upset if Tua was healthy and playing. No, it it, it is interesting. Um, they just competed with them a couple weeks ago when Tua was healthy. They led by like double digits in the fourth quarter. And they, they won. And they won in their first matchup when yeah. Tua was healthy. Yeah, when it was two hundred degrees. When it was two hundred degrees. It was two hundred degrees. They were playing in the sun. <laughs> um. I did. They have a even point differential because Miami won by three uh, in the first week for in the first matchup, and then Buffalo beat them by three in the second matchup. So um, I also I do also have the Bills winning that this game, but I don't think they'll put it away until late in the third, early in the fourth. I think it'll be closer up until the end of the third or the beginning of the fourth, but then they'll win by two scores. That's what I'm saying. Like they're going to be leading. Miami's going to somewhat believe they have a chance. And then Buffalo will, will take care of business towards the end of the game. That's Case Keenum will take a snap at quarterback at some point in that. Game. It's <laughs> going to be horrible. Yes. Let's hope so. Um, okay. So we're on the same page with that one as is probably 98% of the world. Um, and then we'll skip over our game because we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth. And then we'll go to the Sunday night game, Ravens-Bengals. This will also be their third matchup this season. Well, what happened in the first two? Did, did Baltimore win one or was it Cincinnati both times? They're split. Baltimore won 1917 in early October and then Cincinnati uh, won just last week. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I, it doesn't sound like Lamar is going to play. Um, well, I don't know about Tyler Huntley, but it doesn't matter. The Bengals are a way better team. They're at home. So I think that's going to be a double-digit game, too. It's not going to be a good one. So I don't know why they put that as the Sunday night game. But I think maybe they thought Lamar would be due back. He doesn't want to play because he, he doesn't want to play there anymore. He's done. He's ready to head over to a new team and get a massive contract. Who, though? That's a question. Colts? Minnesota. No thanks. Um, uh, what do you think? I also say the Bengals by about a million. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Ravens are cheeks without oh, Lamar. The Ravens are horrible without Lamar, and they'll be horrible next year. They're and they just signed a. And <laughs> they just signed a linebacker to a one hundred million dollar contract. You're in Ooh, cap really? hell. You don't have a quarterback, and you signed a you signed Rokon Smith to a, to a hundred million dollars. Who's even their receivers? Like, who who does Lamar have? They're nobodies. They're literally I, I, nobodies. I, I, Rashad Bateman? Is he Devin Duvernay? Devin, Devin Duvernay? You have Sammy Watkins, who got cut by Green Bay two weeks ago. <laughs> They're horrible. They're so bad. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense then why Lamar would want out. 
you're not getting paid, you're constantly getting injured, and you have no reliable weapons. But clearly their defense must be pretty good because, I mean, again, they, they finished 10 and 7. Um, and well, they started it, the season like 6 and 2, I think. Yeah, I was going to say they dropped, they must have dropped a few uh, towards the end because I feel like they had 10 wins in early December. So um, I think there was a time they led by double digits their first eight games. That's right. That was their thing. It's like, like they, they were just that games. good, but they just could never finish. You're right. Oh, yeah. I do remember that now. But um, okay. It sounds like we're all on the same page with that one too. I have Bengals. I think Burrow's just much better. They have way more weapons. Um, yeah. I, Baltimore's kind of hanging on by threads. I think because of their hot start, they were able to to sneak into the playoffs or make it in the playoffs. Um, Monday night game. This one's a little interesting. You got Tom Brady versus the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Dallas uh, statistically is probably the better team, but obviously Brady gets the hosts because the NFC South sucks, and yeah. he, they were able to win a division going eight and nine. <laughs> so, what do you have for for Bucks Cowboys? Bucks Cowboys. I think the Bucks win. To be honest with you, I think at home with Brady, they win. I don't trust Dak. I don't trust Mike McCarthy. I don't trust Kellen Moore because he would already have a head coaching job if GMs trusted him, but clearly they don't. He's been the so-called great mastermind offensive coordinator for like five years and never has done anything else. Um, I don't trust the defensive line because they seem to not be able to get any pressure recently. So I think Brady, just with experience, wins, and Dak, he's, he's, he's been so bad. He's been so bad. I agree. Tom Brady is not going to lose to Dak Prescott at home in the playoffs. There's 0% chance of that happening. So Bucks, give me the Bucks. Cowboys I are going to be exposed. The Cowboys upsetting the Bucks. It's not an upset. They're favored. Are they? Oh, well, I just think, I mean, Tom Brady is undefeated against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Anything Cowboys- now in the playoffs, he's going to lose. I think I think this season shows that Brady's time might officially be over. He finished under 500, barely won the division. Again, the, the division was putrid. He looked pretty bad for most of the season because he's just checked down quarter queen. Um, I I think Brady's done, and he is a first round elimination losing to the Dallas Cowboys at home. I think he's washed up. He's done. And then he's going to, you know, pretend to be retired for a couple months. And then I bet he signs with the Raiders or. I'll never sign with the Raiders. That little meme we saw where he goes to the Colts and officially dies going to the Colts. So, yeah. Um, All right. Let's talk. We'll, We'll do. Yeah, no, I guess we can let's let's talk Vikings Giants predictions and then we can go into the you guys do your five impact player yep. or, or five predictions. I did. Okay, good. So let's talk how do we think Sunday afternoon is going to go? What is our either score or just game prediction? 
Um, I have the Vikings winning 30 to 20. Um, so a two score win. Um, if you're the Giants or the Giants fans, you got to be nervous right now because of the amount of hype that has been surfacing of this team the last four or five days. Everyone thinks the Giants are going to win. Daniel Jones has one primetime win in his career. He's 15 touchdown passes this season, almost half of what Cousins has. I don't think he's going to go on the road into a really hostile environment in his first playoff game and win. I think Brian Dable is extremely overrated. I think if you just figure out how to scheme around Wink Martindale's blitz, because he blitzes like 50% of the time and Cousins is horrible against the blitz, you can just figure out how to scheme against that, give Cousins some time, get the ball to JJ and Hawkinson. You'll you, you'll have a, a great game and you'll win and you'll win by 10 points and you'll shut everyone up and it will help you along the rest of your playoff games. All right. I agree. I also have the Vikings winning um, 28-22. Also one score. Yeah, but I agree with Hayes. I mean, all you really have to do is, like, I think playing from behind would hurt us a lot because then the Giants can just play their conservative run, 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 run. Um, You want to force Daniel Jones to throw. I know he threw for, whatever, 340, but he also threw a pick um in a costly time i think just like getting jefferson involved early is going to be key because in a lot of our games where we kind of get a good early lead it's because we're feeding jefferson and we haven't really seen that much lately it's been a lot of late game um which i mean doesn't really hurt us but playing playing with a lead is going to help us quite a bit um and like he said just yeah and just stopping stopping their blitz and getting the ball out early. Um, and hopefully our run game picks up a little better than it did the last time we played. Mm-hmm. Well, it started hot, and then we just went away from it for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Yeah, you had 19 carries for like 88 yards or something. You're averaging like 4.4 yards per carry. Yeah. So. Yeah. They're, the worst, they're one of the worst rushing defenses in the league. The Vikings? No, the, the Giants. Oh. Yeah, I think I remember um, talking about that when we made our predictions, our Christmas Eve game predictions. Uh, And it showed early on, too, when, again, Cook had, I think, probably closer over 50 yards by halftime and then, you know, finished with, I think, 70 or whatever, 80 for the rest of the game. Um, Yeah. I also, and again, maybe this is just because I want it to happen, but I have the Vikes winning by two scores, 34 to 20. Um, I think, yeah, we're just, I think there, I think there's going to be a lot of like high energy. The fact that again, we have a home game for the first time in five years. Um, I think it's actually kind of beneficial that we're playing them a second time, uh, this like that that we had already seen them earlier this season um so we have like some stuff to kind of prepare for and i don't think the giants are a team that's going to change a whole lot so again i think if you're able to stop the run early on and maybe not have daniel jones throw for 350 plus yards on you that um you'll be able to to take care of this game and kind of like um blow it out relatively early 
Um, I think if we can, one, get to third, like have the defense get to third down, that was an issue in the first matchup is that we weren't even forcing third downs. But when we did, they were three for 11. So under 30% when we actually got them to third down. Um, I think that will be huge. And then obviously, of course, being successful on third down. Um, but yeah, I think those are just going to be kind of crucial things. Like you said, stopping the run early on, not having them, not, not allowing them to take a, an early lead and do a conservative offense. Um, making them, yeah, well, having them wanting or making them panic, having them needing, having them play from behind, um, and be and be nervous about putting up points. They're not a good offensive team. Last week against the Colts was the first time they went over 30 points all season. Yes. Um, and we've gone over 30 points four times and then over 28 points another four times. Mm-hmm. And their season high, my, you take out the Colts game last week, the most points they had scored was in week four against the Packers where they scored 27. So they aren't putting up a lot of points. Like mm-hmm. there's no, if, if you, if offensively you can put up, I'd, I'd even say like 28 or more, I think you win this game, no doubt. If you can put up 30, I think you can comfortably win this game. Oh, yes. Um, which I know, I mean, people might be like, oh yeah, 30 points, obviously. But again, you got to remember this defense is the second worst defense in the NFL. So it's like, if we were playing, like, we couldn't do that um if we you know get past this round and then have to go play San Fran I think the defense will have to step step up even more but I'm saying the Giants aren't a good enough offensive team where you should be afraid of them offensively so you kind of take advantage of the fact that that you know Jones might fumble the ball or throw a couple turnovers and then you can kind of just take care of the rest uh between Kirk and and JJ just putting up a bunch of points so um yeah, I see us two score win thirty four twenty. Nice, comfortable, feels good. It's a fun game to watch. I like that. Um, all right, so we're changing it up. We're not. We don't have to predict if Adam Thielen is going to have forty yards or if Greg the Leg's going to make all his extra points. I think it's time to move on from that. Yes. Shtick. Get out of here. Instead, we're just making five viking game related predictions so it can be a specific player it can be a moment a team thing it could be holding a a giant to certain players so hayes give us your first one and then we'll just kind of go around the around the horn all right so on the giants opening drive of the game patrick peterson's going to come up big uh, with a drive ending interception or pass deflection so it could be so it's gonna be third down or it's going to be and he's going to get a pass deflection that makes him punt. Uh, you know, they're driving down the field to make him punt, or it's first and, you know, goal or something. He gets a big interception. He's going to make a big play on that first drive, drive-ending play. Pat P. I'm writing this down, so I'll, I'll mute myself as I type, because otherwise you hear the type. So I like that. That That's a good first way to start us off. Are we going one by one? Yeah, yeah you, you, one you, by you, one. You. So we'll go oh, okay. I believe that Alexander Madison will score a touchdown. I think he's a better goal line running back than Delvin Cook. Um, 
Cook's good all the way up until the goal line where he kind of poops the bed most of the time. And I think Madison, you can just like kind of push into the end zone and most of the time he gets there. So I believe he will be the one that scores the touchdown out of the running backs. So that's a nice solid prediction as well, especially with his two coming at the end of the game or at the final game of the season, his Mm -hmm. first multi-touchdown game. Um, I was looking at his stats um, and we'll we'll dive more deep into this in the off season, but he had his least amount of touches, his least amount of yards this season, but his most touchdowns. Interesting. I thought Mm -hmm. it was just interesting. I don't know what it says or what it means, but I just thought it was kind of interesting. My first prediction is a three-lay parlay for Daddy Kirk Cousins. He's going to have 315-plus passing yards, three-plus touchdowns, emphasis on touchdowns, not passing. He might have a rushing, might have two rushing, might have three rushing touchdowns. But he's going to have three-plus touchdowns and a 70-plus percent completion percentage. Damn. Um, I think Kirk is going to, hopefully, again, it's just, I think we're seeing a different Kirk this season, going to really impress uh, in his first, I think this actually might be his first home playoff game with the Vikings. Oh, yeah, it is. Both times. So this is his first home playoff game with the Vikings. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's my, my, my first one. Hayes, your next one. Um, so the Giants' rushing defense is not good, despite having two massive individuals in the center of their defensive line. Um, so I got Dalvin Cook totaling over 100 rushing yards. I think in order to win this game, Dalvin Cook has got to run well. You have to have Dalvin Cook after he dislocates his shoulder in a harness against the Steelers on Thursday night on short. Mm-hmm. You have to have him just rushing it really well. It doesn't mean you have to give him 25 carries but i need to see just fierce running from him he's looked so weak he's just looked so weak like he doesn't care well i think they also need to get koc and and west phillips need to get creative with getting cook the ball these halfback dives up the gut every play not not clearly it's not working do you can do pitch outs you can do counters halfback i feel like cook's not a bad um halfback draw running running back no he's not he's pretty good at um so let's stop with the up the gut halfback dives and yeah pitches counters and you get him into open space mm-hmm. we'll make a man or two miss when you get him into open space he's good at that but so. it's the power running that he's not that successful at it's you get him on the outside and hold he's agile he can make some guys miss mm-hmm. i agree andrew um, I believe that Justin Jefferson and KJ Osborne will both go over a hundred yards. He's had 200 yard receivers last time we played. And I believe it will just be a different, um, not TJ, but KJ. Um, I, I think you've seen KJ used a little bit more over this last couple of weeks. I know most of I saw the last five games, it was like 400 yards, three touchdowns. Most of those came in two games, but, um, he doesn't really go down easily, which is good to see. Like with Thielen, he's going to get tackled most of the time because he can't make a guy miss. But I think uh, KJ will have a good game, especially if they like try to double Jefferson or bracket him. 
Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I would I would agree to that. He's been he's been hot as of late. Um, I'll go with my my JJ prediction. Uh, I think he had thirteen catches um, against the Giants the first time we met. Twelve. He had twelve. I know him and TJ combined for twenty five. Um, I think JJ had one seventy plus, and then I don't think he had a touchdown. I know. TJ had two. Anywho, I can throw it up right here. My prediction is JJ has twelve plus receptions, a hundred sixty-five plus receiving yards, and two touchdowns. Okay. So, I so think week another good performance against the real a great performance against the Giants. So week seventeen against the Giants, JJ had twelve receptions for one hundred and thirty-three yards and a touchdown. Hawkinson had 13 receptions for 109 yards and two touchdowns. So they had 125 receptions for 242 yards and three touchdowns against this team. Last time they played, and that rolls right into my next prediction. I think they pick up right where they left off. So give me Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson totaling 20-plus catches and over 200 receiving yards. And they did that huge game last time. Why not? I don't think all this talk of a Dory Jackson that's going to clamp Justin Jefferson. And who's going to guard TJ Hawkinson? I just, and with KJ Osborne, Irv Smith, Dalvin Cook, I think CJ Ham's going to get some stuff in there with blocking assignments. So this offense is so, this offense can compete with any defense in the league. And this Giants defense is not that impressive to me. They're good, but, but I think this offense is significantly better. So. Yeah, that's a good good point. Um, my next prediction is going to be Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Mish will finish with four total sacks combined. Um, I saw something that Zadarius said he was finally healthy. He's been, he had half a sack in the second half of the season, which is just kind of brutal after his really strong start. Um, and a, a lot of that was because he said he was playing with like a lingering knee issue. Um but Daniel had a really good game the first time we played him. And I think Zadarius will, now that he's fully healthy, he'll even help Daniel more. Um, that's, yeah. And I think Zadarius is such a hype man that, like, he's really going to want to kind of put on a show. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't think he would BS either if he was um, not feeling healthy or not. Cause then if he has a bad game, then, you know, I mean, what's the excuse? Like you, mm-hmm. can't, you can't give an excuse if you're, you're now saying you're healthy. Um, so, okay. Four total sacks, or do you want to say four plus total sacks? Four oh. plus. You yeah, get four, four and a half. Um, I'll add to, to yours somewhat. I think I saw the same thing that Zadarius is feeling healthy. He's ready to go. So I'm going to say he has one plus sack and one plus tackle for a loss during the game. So again, I I don't want to throw in like three plus or whatever, just because like you said, he's had half a sack in the entire second half of the season. So um, it'd be nice if he really kind of just destroys Um, the giants. O-line is not very good. Jones is one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, so I would really, really hope that guys like Daniil and Zadarius and maybe even Dalvin Tomlinson 
can kind of get through that line and, and we can sack Jones for three, four, five times. Uh, I think that will help out huge with, you know, setting up third downs and, and getting crucial stops. So yeah, Zadarius Smith, one plus sack and one plus tackle for loss. I feel like for most of the year, we've been pretty good at getting pressure, but then the, especially with a mobile quarterback, they just kind of escape or they just get the ball off because we played terrible zone defense, but like actually getting to the quarterback would be huge and forcing like minus eight yards setting up second and 18 or third and 20. Yeah, that's huge. It'd be, it'd be big. Um, KOC scripts a good game on the offensive line standpoint and the Vikings line uh, allows no more than two sacks. So uh, you're in, I don't see Bradbury playing. I think it's going to be Chris Reed again. O'Neal obviously out for the year. It's going to be um, Ole Udo at right tackle. So those guys are – that's not familiar positions for either of those two in a playoff game against a solid defensive line. But I think they – they I think they need to play well. <laughs> if, you're, if the line's bad, it can get ugly really, really fast. So – and they looked well last week. So I think, I think they'll play well again this week. Yeah, Chris Reed lo- looked much better than uh, when he was thrown into the Packer game. So yep. um, hopefully with now another a whole another full week um, of practice under center that they're going to be even more um, in rhythm for yeah. uh, against the Giants. Bob, what do you got? So after a shaky couple of last weeks, Greg Joseph won't miss either extra points or field goals. I think he'll be perfect. Um, indoor stadium, nice and warm in there, and he won't get cold feet. I think he was perfect against the Giants when we last played them. Obviously, he hit his career high and Viking franchise record kick to to win the game. Um, and then the following week was terrible against the Packers. But I like that prediction, it's nice, nice and comfortable. So my next prediction, I have the Vikings defense holding Saquon Barkley to under 70 rushing yards. So I think he had in the upwards of 80 um, the first time we played him. And I think he had, you know, 20 or 30 receiving yards as well. So I'm just prediction is, is rushing yards. Vikings D holds him under 70. Nice and simple. Okay. You're this, I believe this is your, your final fifth and final prediction. Yep. Um, I have the Vikings defense getting to Daniel Jones uh, three times and forcing him to turn over the ball two times. Vikings are 12 and one when they force the turnover. I did see I that. I saw that. I saw that stat as well. And it showed it, you see, I'm assuming we probably saw the same one. So our win percentage is 92 when we force at least one turnover and then the rest of the NFL's win percentage is 56 when they mm-hmm. force one turnover. So it just shows that sort of bend don't break is very applicable um, to the Vikings in the sense of if you get that turnover, it's looking good. Absolutely. Um, my last prediction is going to be, Kirk is going to prove the haters wrong and he's going to go for over 300 
yards and three tutties. Um, I think a lot of people hate Kirk for, you know, stupid reasons. He doesn't play well in big games, but he's going to settle that and he's going to hopefully torch the Giants defense. Torch, please, yes. Like, I would love to see a game like against the Patriots um, where we had kind of a banged up O-line, but KLC planned it very perfectly. Justin Jefferson came up huge as he does every game because he's the best wide receiver of all time. Um, and the Kirk and JJ Jeff or Jefferson duo is the best in the league right now. Yeah, I like that prediction. Um, did it? I thought I saw something that said um, JJ leading the league in receiving yards was either the first time in Viking franchise history or in, in, in first time that a Viking receiver led the league in receiving yards. Mm-hmm. I think that's very interesting because obviously you had Moss and Carter who dominated, uh, but then they never led receiving the the receiving yard um crown right you want to call it so good job jj doing it in year three he's on pace or every year he goes 200 more than he did the year before 1400 1600 1800 that means next year will be 2000 and before you know it 3000 that would be insane um, my last prediction, kind of similar to what Hayes said, I think the Vikes will force Daniel Jones. Yeah, so specifically Daniel Jones, three plus turnovers. Um, Jones is one of the most fumbled quarterbacks in the league. I don't know if we for I think we got him to fumble, but the Giants recovered it um, in the week 16 game. And then Pat P picked off Daniel Jones, I believe. Um, so mm-hmm. he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions, but again, I, I believe he, he fumbles a lot for a quarterback position. So I'm hoping, you know, two, two picks and a fumble, um, can get us the, the three turnovers on Daniel Jones. So, um, all right, those are our player or or just Viking giant game predictions. I wrote them all down so we can talk about them post game. Um, Hopefully a win. Go ahead. Hopefully a win. Hopefully a win. Exactly. Um, Quickly. Let's just quick share our biggest concerns or fears that could happen. That would probably have this be a loss. So like things that, Things that we're afraid that would happen that would be, you know, setting us up for for an L. And then we'll, we can close out with what we, we talked about it briefly, but then what 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 needs to happen in order for the Vikings to secure a win. So um, start with, again, biggest fear that could happen to, to give an yeah. L and then into to wins. Um, Just come out flat. They've had a lot of games where they just don't show up um in the first half or the entire game in the playoffs you had to play consistent the entire time they've yet to do that um give Kirk some time I worry that the offensive line is just going to get destroyed by all the blitzes and he won't have time and he'll get flustered and he'll throw some picks so it can get ugly real quick but these are easy things to fix and and to and to get right to to make sure that doesn't happen it's pretty easy to put CJ Ham out there every so often to block or to 
uh, just don't come out flat at home. Like you're at home. It's a home playoff game. Play well. Yeah, those are all good points. I kind of spoke on this earlier, but biggest fear is probably playing from behind. Um, also, I would say playing zone and not blitzing on defense. Because if you look at the wide receivers they have, they torch us. Last time we played in, it was Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James, um, two pretty no-name receivers. So when you actually play press and play man-to-man and send a blitz with either Kendricks or Harrison Smith, um, I think it will benefit you a lot on defense and it will even help the offense by forcing a turnover and getting it, you know, in good field position. Yeah. Um, Yeah, my biggest fear, I guess, would be just sort of what's happened all season, but the Vikings defense just being completely inept, um, not being able to either get to third down or make that third down stop. Um, I was looking at some stats, but pretty much in our losses, um, the Vikings defense on third down is like conversion for the, the other team is like 65 to 70%. But then in games that we've won, um, our third down is under 30%. Mm. So I think that's sort of a a big um, statistic to look at where when the Vikings defense is able to make that third down stop, it, you know, it allows us to, it looks better for for our potential to win that game. Whereas like if the Vikings are unable to make a third down stop, um our likelihood of winning that game goes less so mm-hmm. my fear would be if we're unable to make those stops uh or even get to third down um and then the, the the defense just collapses so um again i think pressure will be huge again and we played very well on third down against the giants the first time we played them holding them to under 30 percent um so I think, yeah, that's going to be, uh, uh, that would be a fear of mine is if we're unable to sort of take advantage of, of getting big time crucial stops. Um, but yeah, uh, and then yeah, keys to winning. I guess we kind of briefly talked about what need, what our fears were and then um, translated that into what we have to do in order to win the game. but if there are other things that need to happen uh, that are kind of crucial or keys to winning. Crucial to winning. Uh, I think win the turnover battle is going to be big. Obviously we brought up how they could force a turnover. They're 12 and one. If they don't, they're one and three, I guess that'd be. So force, force some turnovers. Um, yeah, it's just I, I like the the don't don't play from don't play from behind because if you're playing from behind, uh, it just gives them all the leverage. Well, you already have leverage playing at home, so take it and run and have the lead throughout the entire game, and it will get Daniel Jones scattered and yeah, yeah, all good points. I would say establishing the run and stopping their run will be huge. Um, I think our longest drive last time we played them was like five minutes. So it'd be nice to see like a seven minute drive or eight minute drive and then not letting them get hot or like running the football um, and just not letting them like beat us with 
stupid short passes and we miss a tackle and they go for 40 yards because I mean the receivers are literally booty booty cheeks yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I think things to also keep in mind is like both of our coaches are first year coaches like this is their first playoff game so like I don't know if I'd rather, you know, I, I believe KOC has the edge just because I think he's a he's a better coach. Um, he obviously has playoff experience. I don't know, where was Brian Dable last year? Buffalo. Okay, so I guess they both have playoff experience. Just, um, I mean, one yeah. won the Super Bowl, the other lost in the divisional round, but we won't get into that. That's a good point, though. It is a fair point. Um, I think one big thing is getting in, like, Daniel Jones's head – pretty like early on i think if you bring Mm -hmm. pressure and are able to get to him um kind of like early like if you can get a three and out or like hayes with your prediction a pat or maybe that was andrew i remember now he said the the pat p stop on the opening drive um i think starting strong might create nerves for daniel jones uh and company and I think, you know, a healthy Zadarius Smith, Daniil Hunter, Dalvin Tomlinson, maybe even Pat Jones, like just bringing pressure <clears throat> and getting to him early is going to be crucial and kind of just like, I don't know, messing with his head, having it be loud. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Your hope and expectation is that it will be. Get I loud. feel like it has to be. Like, I saw there's some Giants players saying it wasn't loud on Christmas Eve. I and I was like, like yeah, oh, that's okay, it's like, Christmas Eve. It's not a playoff game. So. Hopefully, hopefully there's a lot of fans there and you just get loud. And I feel like we have a, like, we have players that have actually been to the playoffs. Kirk's been to the playoffs, but I can't really think the last, like, I feel like Giants are a pretty young team um, with not a lot of players who have playoff experience. So well, hopefully that will, I feel like I've seen a lot on Twitter about like, um a lot of our veteran defensive players that like kind of know what it takes to win um so hopefully that's an advantage for us i feel it will be yeah yeah the giants haven't been to the playoffs since 2016 mm-hmm. uh, it was a first round loss to the packers um oh it's just a thumping too so yeah i, I mean you're probably accurate in the sense of like they still had eli manning i don't know if that this was pre uh, yeah, it was pre Saquon Barkley. I don't. They haven't won a playoff game in in twelve years. So, oh yeah, please. Since, Just, since they won the Super Bowl, so take care of business. Mm-hmm. Don't give them any hope. Just have it be a nice, comfortable two score blowout game. And Go yeah. out, play hard, play cons- get a consistent game. You'll you'll get a win. Agreed. Agreed, agreed. All righty. Well, let's let's hope uh, we are upbeat and positive. Our yeah. next episode. Um, yeah. So I can hope for. Yes. All right, baby. This is Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. I'm Andrew. And Skull, baby. Skull Vikes. Skull Vikes.